Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. It's the third week of Get Up in the Cool month. I'm posting some extra special interviews in hopes that you'll be moved to support the show. This week's extra special guests are Gus and Huck Trich of The Wicked Children. We recorded this last month at IBMA in Raleigh, North Carolina. Get Up in the Cool is a niche show. It's old-time music. Most people don't know what old-time music is. So for Get Up in the Cool to be funded... The people who actually listen need to step up and chip in. Right now, about 2% of you support Get Up In The Cool on Patreon. Even if 3% of you were signed up, it would drastically affect the sustainability of the show. I charge per episode, the lowest pledge amount being $2.50. I know this is a pledge drive cliche at this point, but that's like the cost of a diner-level coffee once a week, depending on your city. I don't need everyone to chip in, but I might need you dear listener, to chip in. Yes, you who's listening right now. Maybe you're part of that extra 1% of listeners who would make a huge difference. Maybe you listen every week. Maybe you're working through the five years of backlogged episodes. Maybe you're an occasional listener who can't keep up, but believes in the show. Whatever your engagement is, if you appreciate Get Up in the Cool and can afford to donate, please do. I know I hype up the Patreon rewards, but don't get it twisted. When you donate, it makes this show what you're listening to right now. That's what you're supporting. You're already getting this reward, a weekly old-time music podcast. If you sign up on Patreon, you're just making sure it can keep going every week. Shout out to Bill Warner, who signed up to support the show on Patreon last week. Thank you so much, Bill. It means a lot. To those of you who haven't signed up, yet. Go now, while you're listening, to patreon.com slash cool, linked in the show notes on your podcast app, and choose a support level that you can sustain. Small sustaining donations are much more helpful than large short-term donations, because I'm trying to set my budget for the coming year. Thank you to everyone who signs up, and thank you so much to everyone who's kept Get Up in the Cool going these last five years. One more thing before we get started, I'm teaching a four-week intermediate claw hammer course online with Cafe Lena starting October 31st, and I've heard that if you wear a costume to the first class, you'll get a free Cafe Lena t-shirt. Buy your ticket now. I put a link in the show notes. All right, that's enough business. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with the Wicked Chicken. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Too young to marry. Gus and Huck, Trich, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Hey, yeah, thanks. Honored to be here. Yeah. Where did where did you all get that tune? Um, well, I learned it from Judy Hyman. Uh, I guess and kind of funny, I actually learned it from a recording of Judy Hyman, not from her directly. <laughs> um, so we play it the same way. Yeah. yeah. Right on. She recorded that with Bob Carlin. Um, it's a pretty awesome recording. Oh, is that in Bangin' and Son? It's the first track on Bangin' and Son. Very good. It's been a minute since I listened to that all the way through. <laughs> That's a fun one. Yeah, right on. I think I met you two at Clifftop 2019. Yeah, that sounds right. They're around the middle, like the bathroom area in general. There, there would generally be some kind of jam where you, there would be bongos and the tune would go for 20, 30 minutes at a time. And y'all usually seem to be in the center of those, of those jams. And that was my first impression of you all. Yeah, that's our favorite kind of jam. We're attracted to those. Yeah. <laughs> who, who normally plays the bongos of you? I am normally the bongo player. Yeah. What uh, inspired you to do that? It's not a typical old-time string band instrument and would maybe, like, invite a little bit of side-eye, depending on the kind of jam that you're in. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess I I first heard percussion in old-time music listening to the horse flies. Yeah. Um, So I definitely took a lot of influence from that. I also... When my brother was learning to play old-time music, I didn't really play fiddle, and I didn't really play anything other than drums, so I just started banging on bongos while he practiced. 
Yeah, I think it works though. It's a lot of fun. I guess Puck was, Puck was playing the fiddle there, so I'm, and I was playing the uke, which is basically a drum, so we kind of switched roles there. Sure. Second. Also a, a very horse flies oh, yes. sound. Very horse flies. Yeah. And, of course, you said that you learned that tune either in person or from a recording from Judy Hyman of the horse flies. So that was very horse flies. Yeah. How did you all get to know her? How did you meet her? I don't even know where you live. Uh, how does it, how did that all happen? Yes, yeah, so we live in a small town in the middle of the wilds of um, Pennsylvania called Milheim. Um, and Milheim is very much it very much fits the image you'd have of a rural town in the middle of the wilds of, Milheim, of uh, Pennsylvania, except that it has a very cool music venue. Um, and yeah, the horseflies. I guess they just came. They came on through and played a gig there once, huh. and it was I think about a year after I had started fiddling. I was pretty young. I was doing Suzuki violin, and I wasn't. Um, I wasn't really feeling it on that. I, it wasn't quite what I was. I wasn't super into it, and yeah, the horseflies came to town and kind of blew my mind. You know, there were drums, there was the uke, banjo. Richie was playing through amp. He was like, he would take a solo and just make his banjo feedback yeah. for five minutes. Um, that was attractive to you. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was really attractive to five year old me. Um, okay. And after that show, for months, I would walk around and just make this sound. I, I would like figure out how to make Richie's like distinctive banjo sound. In yeah. House. I would just walk around the house like pretending to be Richie. Do you <laughs> do you remember what you would specifically do? Verbally to like, really, like sort of. I think it was very um, reminiscent of like making like a chicken sound, kind of, <laughs> um, or something like that. I don't really think I was pretending to be Richie. I think I was actually pretending to be his banjo. Um, <laughs> I don't play the banjo. It's an important distinction. Well, you play this. <laughs> I play the banjo, you, which is, I guess, it's kind of yeah. halfway there. But he also approaches his five-string banjo. I think in some ways not dissimilar to I mean he's doing constant down and up very much like stroking yeah, so he's got that those eighth notes rolling along yeah just like and they kind of all play like that I guess like you know obviously Jeff with the Buke is uh, the eighth notes rolling along very nicely and then uh, Judy will do I think she's called people call it like the flutter bow or whatever but just keep like almost like a strum like a guitar player would be strumming with the right hand just keeping that keeping that rhythm going how how old were you at this time, Huck? I was around three. Okay. So I'm I was probably at the show, but I was probably sleeping because like oh, and there's there was always like this bench in the back, and I would just like go to sleep on the bench, <laughs> and so I slept through most concerts. I slept through quite a few concerts. Did you ever sleep in a bass case? I have not. I've heard that a lot from like kids who have to stay up for a jam or like a trap right. music concert or whatever. I hear it's very comfortable. I've never tried it. A friend of mine did. Um, yeah, we were on a, a tour with, with another band and um, ended up through some turn of events that there was no no hotel room was booked. Um, they didn't learn that until after the show or whatever. So they ended up sleeping in the venue. 
uh-huh. and the, the drummer ended up face case. Um, yeah, entirely. I, I don't think anybody really knew why there was nothing to overlook, but it's one of those things. Let's I've pl- never tried it myself. Though. Let's play another tune, and then I have a lot of follow-up questions. What do you want to do next? Um, I don't know. You want to do one of mine? Yeah, of course. So would this be a a wicked chicken, wicked chicken tune? The the name y'all go by when it's the two of you? Yes. Yeah. Chicken. I think that I think that name came from like like little side things you buy in like the most tacky like country like yeah sure store yeah um, like that you could possibly imagine it's like hangs on your wall and says like I think. We have wicked. one that says, yeah. wicked chicken slayed deviled eggs. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's like the most ridiculous, tacky thing. But it's like, hey, that's a good band name. Should we play a deviled eggs um, now? Yeah, you know what? And I actually, and then I wrote a tune called Deviled Eggs. Okay, very good. Um, just to sort of finish that thought. So you know what? You want to play that? Yeah. You want to play the bongos? Yeah. Alright, go to the bongos. This was actually the first fiddle tune I wrote. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I love that your band name is uh, just from a, a piece of tchotchke. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> it's kind of cringy, I guess. But also kind of funny. No, I, I like it. I didn't cringe at all. <laughs> Those skins getting a little floppy. Yeah, they don't like the Bungos respond to temperature and fluctuations like no, I'm going to shoot it, except uh, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's relatable. <laughs> yeah, this one is pretty much, I mean, quarterly, it's, the A part is a G chord, and the B part is a C chord, and that's literally Okay. Would you say it's a G tune? Yeah, I'll call it G tune. Let, let me get down real quick. Okay, deviled eggs. Deviled eggs. I'll see if I can just jump on, and then if yeah. not, we'll, yeah. I'll bet you can. Go. Thank you. 
Wow. <laughs> so great. I never get to play with bongo players, ever. And I never get to do Ithaca-style jams, <laughs> either. <laughs> That's so fun. That's so fun. Yeah. So how did you... Did you meet the horseflies at that show, or how did you get connected with them and yeah, start so, studying with them? So we definitely met all of them, and uh, we got kind of a connection started. I think it was maybe the next time they came to Milheim. Um, so they always really enjoyed playing in playing in Milheim. The venue is the Elk Creek Cafe, which is uh, still going. Still going. It's, it has survived COVID so far. They've oh, good. managed to do some outdoor gigs. Um, but yeah, the horseflies always enjoyed coming there, and the next time, um, I think we got a we got a fiddle lesson arranged for me with Judy, and let me see, I'm pretty sure she taught me, um, she teach me, she taught me, um, Bridal Buck to Water. Yeah. And that was definitely, that was the first, like, really hip fiddle tune I learned. I, you know, I probably knew, let's see, my fiddle tune repertoire at that point was... Like Angela and the Baker. Sure. Um, I probably knew Old Joe Clark. Yeah. Um, maybe Cripple Creek? I don't know. Sure. And then, like, you know. The Chestnuts. Yeah, those ones. Um, sure. But then, yeah, Rattle Buck to Water is, is kind of a different um, different sort of thing, especially yeah. when Judy plays it. Um, and so then, after that, the connection was really made. And it wasn't too long after that that we went up to, went up to Ithaca. And uh, did another lesson, and from that point on, we sort of we went up to Ithaca quite a few times. I think it was about twice a year, and would we just hang out and do like three hours of learning tunes. Okay. And, uh, and then we did some like Skype lessons in there too. But that's um, yeah, that's sort of how the connection was made. How far away is Ithaca? From what's your town's name again? Milheim. Mil- Milheim. Like close. Two and a half, two and a half hours. hours. Okay. Yeah. Which is pretty nice. So it's, actually. It's, it, you can do it in a day too. Like day. it's pretty far, but long day. Yeah. But a day. So you'd go and just jam with Judy and Jeff, and uh, and then come back home. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think okay. We usually do it as a day trip. Maybe a couple times we stayed the night somewhere. We'd get home at three in the morning or something. Wow. It's always worth it. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you have cool folks then who are willing yes. to cart you around. I mean, we're down here in North Carolina, which is a little ways away from Milheim. Definitely. I just started yeah. just started driving a little bit, but yeah, they are they've always been willing to do lots of driving for yeah. the sake of our musical endeavors. How how old are you guys? So I am eighteen now. Eighteen. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, maybe eventually you'll be driving yourself or yourself and your brother or whatever band you're in. Yeah. But uh, maybe not yet. That's I'm working on it. It's stressful. It's stressful. When I think about myself driving at that age and the little trips that I would go on, I like. I'm like, wow, that I was so bad at driving back then. <laughs> it's not. It's not a necessarily a young person thing as much as just a like. It really takes a while. Like mm-hmm. you know adult beginners too or yeah um okay <laughs> but do, do your folks play music not really they must like but music they are, yeah, yeah they, they appreciate music and they've always they've always gone to music festivals and and uh 
weekends they've got an awesome CD collection. There's always music happening yeah. in the house um, in some way or another. Um, I think it was going to, you know, they would like drag me to the music festival when I was like, you know, 16 months old or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just carried me around the whole time whether I wanted to or not. Um, and I think that's really where how music started to get in my head. Yeah, I feel like uh, music appreciation is a skill. Oh, yeah. And it's a thing that has to be taught. And some of the most skilled musicians that I know are, like, the the least skilled music appreciators. And the other way around. And I think it's really cool that you had parents that modeled enthusiasm about music and like why it's important yeah, yeah. and got it in your brain as a, as little kids I think the two things don't yeah the two things don't always go together yeah I guess often don't go together yeah yeah and sometimes you know people who grew up as fiddle kids or fiddle camp kids or things like that sometimes their entire youths are spent doing that and then they're like wow I can't wait to not do that anymore or take right. a very big yeah. break <laughs> like yeah, I know exactly. some people like that who are yeah uh, but it seems like you've been able to at least so far uh, just lean more and more into playing and yeah, it I seems know. like you're having a good time <laughs> yeah yeah not always but sure you know, in the, the, the bedroom practicing I don't think I've ever actually wanted to practice. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, have good fun this weekend. Yeah, good. Let's play another tune. What's yeah. What's next? Um, maybe I'll sing one now. Yeah, please. So, yeah, grab me through it. Is this uh, an original song? Yes, yeah, so this is an original tune of mine. Um, something I've been trying to do, trying to experiment with in my writing is like, so, you know, there's like, you got fiddle tunes and there's songs, but I kind of want to explore the realm in between. Okay. That are like, they're not really a song. They don't really fit song form. The, Is um, this a tune but, with words? But yeah, sort of more like a tune with words. Okay, right on. Um, and like, like I think, um, like one of, one of my favorite bands um, that I've listened to, you know, spent hours listening to the Renegades um, okay. Mythica and they had some songs that very much fit into that I think so like in tune form where they don't really have a chorus per se that's or that's different than the verse really but um, they do have words and they're sort of centered around the words um, so this one's definitely more on the tune side where it's just it's just a little bit of words yeah we'll do it
save all the waste Only sawdust in its place Who will stand the ground When it all comes falling down, down, down tuned with words. Yeah, thanks. Is that uh, inspired at all by Pennsylvania extraction of natural resources yeah, and things like so, that? I know it can get yeah, pretty so wild guess, in that state. Yes, yeah, so, um, let's see. Yeah, so we live, we are fortunate to live near some really, really awesome um, some really awesome natural resources, some great forests. The nearest one is Bald Eagle State Forest. Um, and, you know, I'm into, like, riding my bike and going hiking and various things like that. And so, let's see, I think about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, just right around the time I wrote this tune, um, a large amount of forest which um, through which my sort of favorite go-to hiking and biking trail um, went by the trail went through it um was logged and i feel like there's i was I, I mean i feel like there's some sort of laws or regulations that usually prevent like all of the trees from being cut down sure um i think they're supposed to leave a few and maybe they left one every like square mile or something but it was pretty much no trees yeah. um so that was kind of you know i was kind of down on that and i'd just written the tune I wasn't really sure where it was going to go yet. When I write tunes, it's generally there's a can be a fairly long amount of time that I don't really know what they're what they're you know where they're going, what they're saying, whatever. Um, and I was you know riding my bike on the on the on the same trail through like wasteland of like dead plant and tree material. Um, and it sort of realized that the tune was about that. So yeah. stuck some words to it. That's what it's about. Yeah, my uh, partner is from Neatarts, Oregon, kind of near Tillamook. I don't know if you're familiar with, like, Tillamook cheese at all, if that makes it out to you. I'm not really sure. Yeah, but... that may be more of a West Coast thing. Right. But uh, whenever we go back there, they always complain about uh, how all of the Tillamook National Forest and the Neatarts, like, area is, yeah, being being clear-cut for development. <laughs> They're, right. like, filling it up yes. with um, terrible houses. <laughs> yeah, terrible houses and more people. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's relatable. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm sorry that's... Sorry that happened to your favorite biking spot. But I'm glad you wrote the tune. Yes. Not that... Makes me feel a little better. Yeah, yeah. How was your first IBMA? This is my first IBMA, too. Gotcha. Yeah, I was I was impressed. I don't think I've ever been to a, to a bluegrass festival that had this sort of feeling. I'm used to the... You know, I've been to a few bluegrass festivals. Um, 
and we're kind of used to the the county fair sure grounds sort of vibe um and this is very much not that no and i'm pretty <laughs> pretty into it actually i think that i will i think we'll definitely be back next year yeah it might be my favorite bluegrass festival i don't know what do you think yeah it's really cool it's, it's very different uh, yeah i've definitely never been to a bluegrass festival like with a city setting it's yeah very cool and it's also like it's very diverse range of music I heard I mean I heard a lot of old time this week then there's yeah. some like pretty jazzy stuff yeah yeah really I cool. I've been impressed with the the actual like street fair part of it I thought it was really cool I thought the earlier conference part of the week I don't think y'all were there for that but it was uh, there's a lot of just like jamming in a conference hall where there was like fluorescent light buzzing the whole time. Mm, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> but this part was really neat. Yeah. Did, were you at all concerned about, like before you came, about whether the thing that you did would go over well here? Sort of. I mean, so we were here with, um, we were here, actually here um, with the band Square Deal, which is with some friends of ours from from the other side of North Carolina, yeah. um, near Asheville, Lillian and Sarah Nell Chase. Um, and let's see, so the instrumentation there was I was on the guitar, Huck was on fiddle, Lillian was playing fiddle, and then Sarah Nell played the bass. Sounds like we you were, were in a pretty trad instrumentation. So a little more, more yeah. trad, and we were sort of, let's see, so I would say we were pretty pretty squarely in right in between old time and bluegrass. Okay. Um, Definitely leaning toward the old time side. I guess none of us really play bluegrass, um, but I mean, to someone who doesn't know, who isn't like very much in either of sure. the worlds, they sound very similar. Right. There, there's so many things in common. They all came from the same thing. Um, so, so we were a little bit more trad, and so um, I was less concerned about whether that would. Yeah. That would be. Um, sort of how people would respond to that yeah is that the thing y'all feel burdened by at all in general um not really like I'm thinking about know. your first time going to Clifftop right. and uh I mean Clifftop has so many vibes and like right so, so many like vibey jams and like little little pockets of people and communities and I I've gone to Clifftop sometimes with people who, like, grew up in their, like, small-town expression of old-time music that was super regional, and then they go to Clifftop, and it's like, there's so much, um, I don't know, authenticity drag, <laughs> and, like, there's so, so much potentially, like, pretension there, and mm-hmm. I'm curious if that, like, h- how that how that felt right. when you, yeah, when you so- went. I don't, I'm not sure I quite answered right. I wasn't sure what you were saying. Um, I de- we definitely feel that. Like, uh-huh. we do encounter, I mean, like, just the bongos. Sure, sort of. sure, it's sure. usually <laughs> That's usually the, um, the focal point of, of people's um, resistance. Sure. But it's, um, I think it's sort of the way we play any instrument. Um, uh-huh. That we do run into, because I guess we don't play traditionally. Um, well, you're playing in a tradition. Totally, yeah. But you're maybe not playing round peak. And yeah. yeah, right. And like like and like um we yeah, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, I guess we're we're not doing 
the traditional music uh like we're not helping it you know which i think i think that i think that just like i'm not actually sure that i could be traditional because i didn't really grow up in the in a community of like i didn't learn fiddle from like the old guy that lived down the street in milheim um you know i don't think milheim had one of those um and like yeah so i'm i'm not just because like i'm not in really the culture that mm. the old time music came from i'm not sure it would be physically possible for me to be traditional um and because I like, have different, like, like sort of, um, I feel like I've heard seeing somebody talk about um, really like, like tri- traditional music or traditional arts in general. Um, they're an expression of your culture, yeah, the culture from which they come, and and it's like I have, I just I kind of have different. I feel like my just because I have like you know values and beliefs or whatever that don't quite fit where some of the music came from um I can like it really would be better for me to be sort of true to what music I want to make yeah. I think it would um, it's like you know to be more authentic um I think it's yeah I'm not really sure how to close that thought but well I'm I'm thinking about Jake Blunt listening to this later and probably screaming at his phone because I think he would say that y'all are definitely within a tradition and you received traditional music from Judy Hyman who received traditional music from other people and was in your general region and uh, I think he would say something along the lines of you have to bring who you are to what you're receiving and that's part of mm-hmm. being a tradition bear. And maybe that includes playing some bongos or yeah, totally. playing in bongo-esque ways on whatever other instrument that you're playing. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also, I also know what you're saying about like the tension of like, yeah, am I adding to this or not? And you know, it's hard to, it's hard to know until, I don't know, 50 years from now. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, I like what you're doing, and I'm pretty excited by it yeah, <laughs> right now. Cool. Yeah. I think we have time for one more before we should talk about where people go to keep up with your music after this interview and support you. Gotcha. And all that stuff. But what should we play yeah. first? Um, I don't know. You want, want me to sing another one? Of course. I think that would be fun. Um... So, yeah, you want to can't decide. This one's just like a little more like a song. This one's a little bit more of a song. Okay. But again, I think it kind of fits. So, like, I sort of have this distinction in my head of like tune form versus song form. Sure. Where, and obviously the lines are all incredibly blurry and you can't make distinctions really about anything. Yeah. But, uh,. <laughs> Like tune form or like song form, you know, you're gonna have some kind of verse and chorus, um, and like um, and some generally some structure that, um, that is let like yeah, I guess verse and chorus sort of thing, and a tune is more 
cyclical, like it repeats in a more, um, more regular fashion, maybe. Like, so th this one I would call tune because, like, it really only has one part. Okay. Like, yeah. It doesn't really have a chorus. And the, the chorus, I guess you could say, is the, the fiddle playing the melody again. Okay. That's what you always come back Great. to. Great. So this one is called Can't Decide. I think it really kind of stemmed from... Well, I think of... I think I am... I generally feel that I am an indecisive person. Okay, yeah. And just, I think, the idea came into my head one time, one day, that it was like, hey, it'd be kind of cool to have a tune called Can't Decide. Often... Well, actually, often I write tunes and they'll go for months without having a, a title. Yeah. Like, that's often a sticking point. Um, so I'm always very happy when I come up with a title first, because um, generally, because uh, <laughs> we should wait. Just I'm sorry. Do Do you want to wait till the? Uh, let's see. If what it, variety of music is that? Let's see. If, <laughs> let's see if it goes away in ten seconds. <laughs> I can't even tell where it is. She's kind of bouncing off all the buildings. Alright, whenever you're ready, we can jump back in. Um, where should I jump back in, actually? So you had the title first. Right, yeah. So this one got the title first, um, so I was excited about that, just because I knew that once I wrote the tune, it was I wouldn't have to wait. Because yeah. I feel like I have to wait to show people if I, my tunes if, before they have a... Until they have a title, I had one that I showed... I came up with a title, I thought it was a really good title, and I showed it to some people, and then I changed my mind. Uh, and you know, I told them that I changed the name of the tune, but that tune's forever going to have two names. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the title came first with this one, and then I came, and then the melody sort of happened. Um, there's probably a bunch of time in between those two things. And then, um, yeah, and then the words kind of came about after that. Um, I guess beyond being about beyond being called can't decide I don't really know what this one's about um, I guess it's kind of about the title the whole song is just elaborating on it's about indecision elaborating on the title yeah um, yeah I don't know you want to play it okay, so alright yeah can't decide
I once thought I understood It's yes or no and I'm a little bit of in between Yeah, sort of expanding the, the boundaries of a fiddle tune a little yeah. bit. Just a little bit. Absolutely. So how do people keep up to date with everything that you're doing? Your multiple projects? I don't know if you have anything that you want to sell. We are on the, on the social medias, at least a little bit. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Huck kind of heads that up because I don't know a lot about um, digital media and like... Um, but yeah, you can find us at The Wicked Chicken. I think it's The Wicked Chicken, right? Uh, yeah, The Wicked yeah, Chicken. The, well, we, we still haven't quite decided if it's The Wicked Chicken or just Wicked Chicken. I think it's The Wicked Chicken, but so I think, maybe a I little think bit. online it's usually right, The yeah. Wicked Chicken. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the social can, media person gets to decide, ultimately. Yeah, right, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find sort of what we're doing there, and... Um, Yes, yeah, so, and we've, we've got some things, sort of, some recordings that are working on happening. Okay. I don't know, by the time this is out, um, there might we might have some various recordings. Okay. Um, and, yeah, the, the social media sort of things will probably point you toward those. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So I'll put the social media links in the show notes so people can just tap on those and yeah, go to their apps and then they can hit follow. And then when recordings are available, that's how they'll hear about it. Yeah, and then cool. we'll probably be on Bandcamp or whatever. Yeah. Whatever, Spotify or whatever that is. Okay. Whatever. Cool. Thanks, Gus and, and Huck. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this thank has you. been fun. Yeah. This was very fun. Yeah. What should we do for our last two? Um, or yeah, song, maybe we'll or do maybe we'll do Shoemaker. Huck, do you want to get the you want to end with the bongos or uh, Twin Fiddle? I mean, Twin Fiddle would be fun. We haven't had any We haven't done that yet. yet. That would be cool. So, yeah. Um, let's do that. You mind if I put my guitar in your case here? Yeah, it's fine. All right. Shoemaker.
Follow The Wicked Chicken on Instagram and Facebook so you can hear updates from them when they release new music. Support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Get Up in the Cool has a merch store. Go get some podcast swag. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawhammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. And don't forget to sign up for my workshops with Cafe Lena starting October 31st. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.